0: It's time for the September 15-2023 20, edition of Weekly Signals Weekly Review. A personal recollection of the last 168 hours of history broadcasting on 8-Track Tape Day from the University of California at Irvine on KUCI 88.9 FM. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm my Kaspar And as always... Sliding down the walls of Jericho, Mahler, the fake news dog. There he is once again. Work it, Mahler. What you got for me today, Mahler? Anything? Yeah? Yeah? Hmm. Well, that's not not too much. That's not very much. Today we'll be talking about bait birds, processed food addiction, night harvests, national hurt feelings, Paw Patrol snacks, and so much more. But first, have you seen any flamingos lately, Mike? No, I have not. Not at all. I cannot remember the last time I've seen a flamingo
1: outside of some kind of amusement park or some weird conglomeration
0: of of animals. From BBC (laughs) News, flamingos were spotted in the Midwest and eastern parts of the U.S., after being blown in by Hurricane Dahlia. Mm-hmm. Birds thought to be from Mexico first started appearing in Florida and then made landfall as far north as Ohio. What? Or Ohio, as we say. Wow. We have never seen anything like this, said Jerry Lawrence of Audubon, Florida. The birds began showing up in Florida after uh, Dahlia crossed the Caribbean Sea and hit the state late last month as a category three. Hurricane. Reports then came in from Georgia, the Carolinas, and Virginia, roughly the storm's route as it traveled up the coast, but also inland in Tennessee, Alabama, Kentucky, and Ohio. Despite the flamingo being a Florida state icon, Florida is home to only about 1% of the global flamingo population due to hunting. People actually hunt flamingos. That's awful. Yeah, well, that is a <laughs> I mean, really horrible idea. I don't know it's awful. It just doesn't kind of. Where's the sport in that?
1: Yeah, first of all, you're not going to eat them. I mean, they're skinny and lanky. Well, maybe they eat them. uh, They got a uh, a fairly
0: big midsection there, but they have these long sticks. And they take a long time to get going. Yeah, it's not even Uh, fair. And they're kind of big targets.
1: Yeah, exactly. If you're going to hunt something, hunt something that there's a degree of difficulty
0: to bagging. Yeah. Sightings are rare in Florida, by the way, of flamingos. you think... That they would be yeah, a lot because of them being an icon there. But yeah. no. So Floridians were astonished when flamboyances, that's what they call a group of flamingos, a flamboyance. Yeah. You got to store that one away. You never know when you're going to it. Oh, that is a it.
1: beautiful thing to refer yeah.
0: to. Yeah. Look, there's Look. a flamboyance. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Floridians were astonished when flamboyances, which is what a group of flamingos is called, yeah. began appearing. They went, wow! <laughs> What is that? From the Houston Chronicle. Six Cuban nationals living in Houston were indicted for trafficking more than 300 illegally trapped migratory songbirds. If convicted, the suspects face a maximum penalty of seven years in prison and possible fines of up to $250,000. The scheme involved the illegal trapping and selling of protected songbirds including indigo buntings, rose-breasted grosbeaks, and house finches. In Cuba and elsewhere, these birds are often used in singing competitions where participating owners gamble thousands of dollars on the winning bird, mm, mm-hmm. which doesn't sound like a bad thing to gamble on. It doesn't. It's mean, ex- ex- a little bit better than a, a cock fight. Yeah. 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 I mean, if all the cocks did was sing. <laughs> And people were betting on it, I'd say, Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well wow, that would be a really yeah. interesting gathering like in some the back of a liquor store, you know, like and they're screaming and they're yelling, screaming they're throwing yelling. down cash, <laughs> they're
0: they're yelling uh, at you know, the other yeah. and at the at the chickens to perform and the and they're doing what? Arias. Arias. I'm thinking opera. If okay. they're doing
1: that, they're doing oh. operas. Yeah. Okay. Opera. Yeah, yeah. Something from <laughs> There you go. Yeah. The tragic clown, the tragic tragic clown. Yeah, tragic clown. The
0: birds which migrate from Canada through Texas to South America (laughs) were trapped as they passed through the Houston area. A live bait bird. In other words, they got a bird. Yeah. That was kind of trying to attract these other birds. Okay. I'm liking the idea. Yeah. I'm thinking it could be someone like, uh, you know, what was Roger Rabbit's girlfriend named? Jessica. Yeah, Jessica. Yeah. A live bait bird whose singing attracts other birds were used to lure them to a trap. (laughs) Illegal trapping significantly impacts wild songbird populations because songbirds are poorly suited to captivity, and die soon after being confined to a cage. Oh, that's terrible. So that's the horrible part. Yeah. If all they did was sing, and then yeah. they flapped around and had a good time, but, yeah. but you put these guys in a cage, you're forcing them to sing, you can imagine what kind of distressing songs they're singing. <sighs> if they were singing opera, it would be a tragedy. I saw a documentary called 32 Sounds, and one of the segments
1: that they had in that film was the recordings of the the Brits have been recording bird sounds for a thousand years or whatever it's been? Uh-huh. The so sound, they've what, been
0: recording ever since nature, they had equipment. N- say nature, for the last yeah, natural years, sounds. The British, yeah,
1: and they have the sounds of these two thought to be extinct birds uh, were almost extinct. Uh-huh. Uh, a, bo- a male and a female that would uh-huh. get together for ten. They ha- had recordings for ten years of them getting back together every year. Uh huh. And then one year, only one of them showed up and they have the recording of the other bird. Uh-huh. It makes me want to cry. I mean, it's
0: such, it, if you ever hear it. it sad song. It's, it is, un, it is. you wouldn't think um, what I'm describing That's to probably you. what these birds were singing. Yeah, when, it was, when, when they're being bet on, they're singing these sad songs. The people are crying, they're putting their money down. It's a tragedy. Just thinking about honest to God, yeah. just thinking about it makes me want to cry. If you love flamboyances and hate bait birds, may I recommend a donation to KUCI to help you keep on your course? Let's go to KUCI.org. Your generous donation is how we stay on air. Commercial free, free form, free speech radio, KUCI 88.9 FM. From Yale Environment 360. Fireflies, whose shimmering magical glows light up summer nights are threatened by habitat destruction, light pollution, and pesticide use. With 18 species now considered at risk of extinction in North America alone, recovery efforts are only just beginning. Fireflies, which are beetles, they're not flies. Mm exist on every continent except Antarctica. There may be as many as 2,400 species, and new ones are being discovered. Yet some firefly populations are in trouble. In North America alone, the Firefly Specialist Group of the International Union for Conservation of Nature has identified 18 species as at risk of extinction. The gravest threat is habitat destruction from human development. Pollution has also been responsible for decline, especially in Asia, where larvae of many firefly species are aquatic. And in Southeast Asia, raising mangroves to make way for shrimp farms and palm oil plantations is killing off Theroptix firefly species as well as the snails the larvae prey on. Forests in Brazil and Mexico, which have some of the richest firefly diversity, are losing populations to clear-cutting and fragmentation. Petitions to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service to initiate firefly recovery programs were recently filed for the Bethany Beach Firefly in Maryland and Delaware, the Loopy 5 of Tennessee, Georgia, and South Carolina, the Florida Intertidal Firefly, and the Southwest Spring Firefly. Mm. I like the loopy five myself.
1: The fact that they're still finding different species, different. of anything. Of anything, it's yeah. just amazing to me.
0: Well, it shows that we haven't been looking hard enough.
1: Well, that's part we of really it. We really
0: haven't explored everything. And they're usually, you're not finding, say, a mammoth out there. Yeah. You're finding fireflies. You're finding
1: fireflies, they're, they're kind of insects, small. things small. But it also says something about we're uncovering and occupying more of the earth in, in places that you would find new species.
0: Yes, but also we're getting more scientists out there yes. to identify yes. them. Because I'm sure, you know. A confluence of things. Joe saw one of them fireflies 150 years ago. Mm-hmm. But it just looked like the other firefly he saw the day before. Yeah. He didn't realize there were two different species. Exactly. From Cosmos, one of the world's most invasive species has now established colonies in Europe, scientists warned. The red imported fire ant is an aggressive species originating in South America that has expanded beyond its native range in Brazil, Argentina, and Peru to North America and Asia over the past century. Fire ants can cover substantial distances from wind carry, blowing them to new locations where colonies can be established. Oh, that's I, fun to know. I wouldn't want to be in the middle of that. That's a fun fact. You're walking down the street yeah. and you get an ant colony in your face. A fire ant colony? Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
1: yeah, you're just minding your own business. You wake up one morning and your kitchen is a fire ant colony because
0: the wind was blowing. Get some Santa Ana. You got to be Santa Ana going to your <laughs> kitchen. May I suggest closing the windows on a windy night, Mike? Yeah. And the screen, too. Yeah, maybe the yeah. screen. Okay. Shipping is also a major cause of the fire ant population spreading across the globe. It was behind the unintended introduction of the species to Alabama in 1930, Taiwan in 2003, and mainland China the following year. So we got fire ants in Europe. From the New York Times, when a mountain-sized slab of space rock rammed into the Yucatan Peninsula 66 million years ago, the fallout was apocalyptic. Tsunamis washed away coastlines, raging fires engulfed forests, and dust and debris blotted out the sun for months. Roughly three-fourths of the planet's species, most notably non-avian dinosaurs, were wiped out. But one group appears to have weathered the asteroid flowering plants. Hmm. Yeah. Good. Yeah. In a paper published in the journal Biology Letters, researchers present evidence that flowering plants survived a crustaceous Paleogene mass extinction relatively unscathed compared with other living things on Earth at the time. The catastrophe may have even helped flowering plants blossom into the dominant species they are today. Hmm. It's just bizarre to think that flowering plants survived KPG when dinosaurs didn't. KPG is the uh, Crustaceous Paleogene, 66 <laughs> million years ago. Oh. But this is, this is some evolutionary biologist speaking. So he calls it KPG. Okay. He's hip, you know. Yeah, it's pretty hip. Yeah, said J.B. Be- Thompson, an evolutionary biologist at the University of Bath and one of the authors of the study. Flowering plants are known to scientists as angiosperms. They originated in the early Cretaceous and were often overshadowed by older groups like conifers and ferns, but they rapidly diversified as mass extinction loomed because flowering plants are pollinated by both insects and wind. They have significant reproductive flexibility. Their vast diversity by the end of the Cretaceous, grasses, sycamore and magnolia trees, and aquatic water lilies had all appeared, may also have helped them survive the devastation. Wow. From Scientific American, cravings for tasty meals have been said to light up the brain just like cravings for cocaine. Mm prompting some researchers to ask whether products like french fries and chocolate chip cookies can trigger addiction akin to that associated with drugs or alcohol. Yet the issue is by no means settled. Processed foods might provoke compulsive behaviors that reinforce the need to consume more, but whether they really have mood-altering effects, like addictions, is an uncertainty. Mm. Arguments in favor of food addiction being a thing suggest that if carbohydrates and fats are mixed together in unnaturally large doses, this creates a rapid delivery system for nutrients that results in physiological effects on the brain's reward system that resembles being strung out on cocaine or nicotine. Using the Yale Food Addiction Scale, they have such a thing. Mm-hmm. The Yale Food Addiction Scale, a 2022 study suggested that 20% of adults are addicted to food. Wow. That seems kind of high. But then again, they're probably just doing it in the US. That's where they did it. So, <laughs> so it's not too hard. <laughs> I will imagine if you go to some parts of the South, yeah. there, you can find a whole town addicted to food. Yeah. 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 And many other it's things true. too, yeah. But, yeah. but food. It's really crappy food we're talking about. Well, that's what we're getting to here. Yeah, yeah. People in this group go out of their way to score their favorite foods and often eat to the point of feeling physically ill. They experience withdrawal, fail to quit eating certain foods, and continue their consumption pattern despite adverse consequences. Critics of this research say you can't get addicted to something that's essential to life. Uh... Because remember when, uh, I think it was Drew Barrymore, called Dave Letterman a sex addict. And he said, well, isn't that what you're supposed to be? <laughs> so, and I know that's, that's, not, that's not a good thing to say in, at this day and age, yeah. but we could get away with that 40 years ago without being yeah. offended. You know, I mean, but I, and I think that's the basic thing you're saying here, though, yeah. Is, yeah. is if that's part of our life force, if we're driven to do something like eat, yeah. can we really be addicted to it? What's more, while science has pinpointed nicotine in cigarettes and ethanol in wine or beer as the substances responsible for keeping people hooked, no such clear-cut equivalent exists for food. Yet a 2021 study showed that people with binge eating disorder exclusively overeat ultra-processed foods. There you go. And that's what's going on here. People aren't losing control over beans, said one researcher. (laughs) So what she's saying is that... Beans are natural. Yeah, people aren't going out of their way and over-consuming beans until they're ill. Yeah, but you give them uh, like some French fries, and they will eat a
1: with some canola oil on them and let's just say salt. Hey. It's a combination. <laughs> let's say I think. Salt. I think. I think we're. I think what it is you described it. It's a combination of things, and when they hit certain parts of
0: your brain. Yeah. They are, it's a powerful force. Yeah, it doesn't need to be just one thing, yeah. like they said here, like yeah. ethanol or yeah. nicotine. Yeah. It's just the combination of these yeah. supercharged yeah. foods that we're eating.
1: And if you doubt what Nathan is saying, drive down any street in America that has more, more than 5,000 people in it. And on almost every corner, you will see a fast food drug
0: dealer of sorts. I don't mind people being addicted as long as they're not hurting me. As long as I'm not paying for their addiction. Well, then that's where it gets tricky.
1: You are paying higher costs for medical health care because more people are stressing the system because they go in with obesity, heart disease, diabetes, the things that cost a lot of money. And it does drive up the cost. What about people
0: who live too long?
1: That's true. That is true. Why don't we just get rid of them? Well, we could. Except I think. Nature will you just handle hook people
0: that. up to these yeah. machines that make them last forever, and then you're going. Yeah.
1: Well, I can yeah. I can attest to exactly what you're saying. Yeah. yeah,
0: and then you're going, oh yeah. Uh, why are we spending so much money on healthcare? Yeah, they saying You know, I, how's that a difference you know, no, from addiction? Yeah,
1: and just just real quick to, to make that He's point. Addicted to life. Just to make that point. Yeah, uh, I have a front row seat right now, and I and now I see more clearly than ever the business of keeping people alive so you can make money off of them, and then when you aren't making money off of them, how
0: quickly they can die. Yeah. Not only quickly they can die, but then everybody leaves real fast. Yes. Yes. No money here.
1: There is nothing that I see so far right now that is about empathy or compassion. I see an attempt to see how much money can be made in these final days.
0: You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. Visit us on the web at KUCI.org, on Facebook at facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9, on our Tumblr blog at KUCIRadio.tumblr.com, and on Twitter and Instagram at FM. Oh, yeah, Mother. He's going to lighten the mood here. <laughs> yeah, there you go, you go Mother. you tired all those crazy Thank you, Mother. Get him. Mother. Get him. it, get it, get it, get it, get yeah. it. Yeah yeah, uh-huh. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> From the Washington Post, rising temperatures in key agricultural regions across the United States are leading more farmers to harvest in the middle of the night safeguard the quality of their crops.
1: This is so damn hot. Is that what you're saying?
0: Heat has become a major economic threat to the agricultural industry, and it's only expected to get worse. By the end of the century, climate change could lead to worldwide crop damage five to ten times greater than conventional climate models have predicted. It's also poised to cost the agriculture industry $4.65 billion annually in lost productivity, by 2030.
1: And that's right around the corner. Yeah, Yeah,
0: that's not far off. No. Farmers are adapting as best they can. An entire industry has emerged to cool workers with ice vests and other technology. Some farmers are incorporating night harvest into their business for no more than the cost of headlamps. So if you have a small farm, you can just go out there with a few trucks and yeah. Turn the lights on and go to work, yeah. while others are investing hundreds of thousands of dollars in machines specifically designed to farm at night. Wow. And in news from China, we just jumped right there. This just is called an uh, awkward segue.
1: Or you could say, in Chinese parlance, we took a great leap forward. Is that what they said? Well, that was Mao said. Great Teng. leap forward? Yeah, it, was, it was called his movement. <laughs> I don't know if it's the, forward. The great great.
0: Leap forward. Well, that's what he called it. I'm not saying. Well, the news isn't forward. Okay. It's backward. It's backward. From the Independent, a draft law banning speech and clothing that is detrimental to the spirit of Chinese people has sparked debate in China. Mm -hmm. I'll say. Yeah. If the law comes into force, people found guilty could be fined or jailed. But the proposal does not yet spell out what constitutes a violation. It just says if you're detrimental to the spirit of the Chinese people. The contentious clauses suggest that people who wear or force others to wear clothing and symbols that undermine the spirit or hurt the feelings of the Chinese nation could be detained for up to 15 days and fined up to 5,000 yuan. That would be 680 bucks. Mm. Those who create or circulate articles that hurt the feelings of the Chinese nation could also face the same penalty. So just by, uh, you know, printing something out and handing it around or posting it online, you'd be locked up for 15 days and fined. Well, that is
1: the very definition of a totalitarian authoritarian regime, right? You can't even put a T-shirt on?
0: The proposed legal changes also forbid insulting, slandering, or otherwise infringing upon the names of local heroes and martyrs. Martyrs. Martyrs, as well as vandalism of their memorial statues. Online, people questioned how law enforcers could unilaterally determine when the nation's feelings are hurt. Yeah. Speaking of China, from The Guardian, a section of China's Great Wall suffered irreversible damage because construction workers looking for a shortcut bulldozed a hole through it. Oh. Yeah. Police in Yu Yu County in the northern province wow. of Shaanxi detained two suspects in connection with the damage—a 38-year-old man and a 55-year-old woman. The damaged section of the wall was built during the Ming Dynasty, from 1386 to 1644. This incident isn't the first time humans have trashed part of the wall. Throughout the 50s and 60s, that would be 1950s and 60s, people often dismantled sections and repurposed the materials for other construction projects. At that time, people didn't think it was a big deal, says Dong Yahui, uh, vice president of the Great Wall Society of China. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what Yahui says. Yeah. I don't know. Not a big deal. That's not what you want your spokesperson (laughs) for the Great Wall Society of China to be saying, but... Uh, Stands right now, about 25% of the 13,000-mile-long wall is totally gone, Oh, while another 25% is at risk of disappearing. So we got 50% of the wall either gone, but you know my saying, that's 7,000 miles worth of wall. Yeah. You know, if you told me the 405 was going to be here in 700 years, I'd say my hat's
1: off to those guys for the amazing job they did, but...
0: Well, the other thing is, is I don't know exactly what it's doing there right now. I'm sure it does something, but you know, think of all the bunnies it prevents from mating with migration across the the country, right? Thirteen thousand miles. That's what I keep thinking. Yeah, that's crazy. Knock some of that shit down. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) Come on. (laughs) You know, I mean, keep a couple hundred, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, they, that's got, right. they have on
0: the All the tourists go to one place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And right then, outside and Beijing then they or imagine from... the other 13,000 yeah, miles. Yeah, I got a suggestion, China. <laughs> Mirrors. From Smithsonian Magazine. Nearly a year has passed since the National Aeronautics and Space Administration deliberately crashed a $300 million spacecraft into an asteroid. In a first-of-its-kind feat, the Agency's Double Asteroid Redirection Test, or DART. I like that. Yeah, I, I love that. I like a, these acronyms. DART is a great a, yeah, yeah. one. Yeah, was a great one. Double Asteroid Redirection Test. craft <laughs> slammed into the space rock dimorphous at 14,000 miles per hour on September 26, 2022, wow. an action that might come in handy if a planetary defense scenario was needed in the future. In other words, we'll get an asteroid coming at us. We shoot off a rocket and knock it off course.
1: You know, Nathan, I don't know, I'm not a ballistics expert. I'm not an expert on firearms or anything like that. Yeah. But
0: that's got to be at least as fast as a bullet moving through the air. Good shot. Yeah, good shot. Yeah. The Dart craft shortened Dimorphos' orbital period by about 33 minutes. Wow. But now, according to new research by a high school teacher and his students, the asteroid's orbit has decreased by a full minute. Now this is a guy who had access to a good telescope and, yeah. and just got his class to take the data with him. It's not a- That's a good teacher right there. Yeah, the amorphous unexpected behavior, because we lost a full minute now with, is in its orbit, is not a cause for alarm, but it could teach scientists more about asteroid deflection. The mission always had uncertainties. Mm. If an asteroid were constructed as a monolithic rock, in other words, if the asteroids were just solid all the way through, yeah. similar to rocks we find on the ground, the deflection and calculations would be straightforward. Mm-hmm. Instead, we know from ground-based observations in several space missions that asteroids are often rubble piles, loosely aggregated spheres of large and small boulders, dust and sometimes ice with numerous empty spaces. Hitting one of these asteroids is almost like striking a sponge than a rock, and it's harder to predict the impact's results. Yeah. They tried. So so maybe hitting these asteroids isn't really, and you're going to have to know more about what's inside the asteroid, and then still, if you hit the wrong part of the asteroid, you might not get the results you're expecting. Well, I think what we
1: need to do is we need to get someone up there who understands the rock. and when you say gets in on the inside, it really talks to the rock. Talks to the rock. And really yeah. gets inside the rock. Uh-huh. And it's this rock. Is it a good idea for you to crash into Earth? Think about it.
0: I was thinking of a space lasso. Oh, there you go. You know, oh, I like that somehow, idea. And, yeah. and you make it kind of like, who's the the guy that went down with the bomb and Stanley Cooper? Oh God, uh, Slim Pickens. Slim Pickens, yeah. yeah. You put a Slim Pickens there character go. on top yeah. of this rock. <laughs> it's just it's just animated, it's not a real guy. Yeah, you know? yeah do And worry. he's got a lasso. Yeah. He last sees the asteroid, and <laughs> off he goes. Off he goes.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> From The Intercept, uh-huh. California lawmakers narrowly approved a bill supported by veterans and criminal justice reform advocates to decriminalize the possession and personal use of a limited list of natural psychedelics, including magic mushrooms. Governor Gavin Newsom will now decide the fate of Senate Bill 58 which would remove criminal penalties for the possession and use of psilocybin and psilocin, the active ingredients in psychedelic mushrooms, mescaline, and ayahuasca. The bill also would require the California Health and Human Services Agency to study the therapeutic use of psychedelics and submit a report with its findings and recommendations to the legislature. I'd like to be part of that report. The measure would apply only to those 21 and older, check, and does not authorize the personal transfer or sale of psychedelics in dispensaries. So you're not going to see psychedelic stores popping up everywhere. Instead, it would mean police cannot arrest people who have or use limited amounts of the drugs. Oakland and Santa Cruz have already passed measures like this. So Mm -hmm. that's a good thing. From Los Angeles Times. Under a bill passed by state legislators this week, California will soon outlaw using drinking water for some of those vast expanses of non functional turf, the purely decorative patches of grass that are mowed but never walked on or used for your recreation at commercial, industrial, municipal, and institutional properties. Mm. By eliminating non-functional turf and replacing it with landscaping that fits Southern California's arid climate, it's estimated we could reduce total water use by nearly 10%. The bill was passed by the State Senate in a 28 to 10 vote and is now awaiting Governor Newsom's signature. The legislation prohibits using drinking water. That's uh, potable water, water that's safe for ingestion for purely decorative grass along roads in medians and outside businesses and in common areas of homeowners associations. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to pan out, but that's but where e- I think you'll get the most feedback Our e- homeowners associations. Yeah, because they want everything to look so pristine. I know. Well, it's going to be money, too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, every, look, if you're going to put water in the ground, make sure it gets down to the aquifers. That's really a,
0: my main concern. Don't put it somewhere where it's not. From Truck News, the California Senate passed a bill mandating human safety drivers behind the wheel of autonomous trucks on state highways for at least the next five years. The legislature says it's concerned about safety, and Newsom's office says it's concerned about innovation. It's now up to Newsom to veto the bill or sign it. GoBiz, the governor's California Business Development Office, wrote a letter to the bill sponsor that argues that passage of the bill would hamper the state's competitiveness, limits supply chain innovation, and undermine existing oversight. The Teamsters Union is in favor of it because human safety drivers are jobs. The legislation, Assembly Bill 316, passed the Senate on a 36 to 2 vote. There's a chance that uh, Newsom is going to vote against it, though, and veto it. In essence, it would require driverless trucks weighing from 10,000 pounds to big rigs weighing 80,000 pounds to have a human safety driver on board. The requirement would remain in place for at least five years, but proponents say the legislature could remove that requirement earlier if it's reasonably confident about vehicle safety. I don't like the word reasonably in that <laughs> sense. Yeah, We got... 80,000 pounds flying down the freeway, and I'm reasonably safe. It's not going to fly into my car. From TechCrunch, supermarket giant Lidl issued a recall of Paw Patrol snacks after the website listed on the Paw Patrol snacks packaging began displaying explicit content unsuitable for children. (laughs) Affected products include Paw Patrol Yummy Bakes and Paw Patrol Mini Biscotti. Snacks recommended for children age two and above. When the website is open from a device with a small screen, like a phone, like I did yesterday, it displays numerous ads containing explicit animated pornographic images. From United Press International, a yoga class was mistaken for a ritual mass murder scene (laughs) after two people strolling by walking their dog saw several people lying on the floor inside a home And reported the scene to police, who dispatched five units to the Lincolnshire, England address. They were students laying down with blankets over them. Their eyes were closed. It was very dark in there. I just had candles and little tea lights lighting the room, and I was walking around playing my drum, Millie Laws, the (laughs) yoga instructor, said. And finally, from Sky News... A Delta flight from Atlanta to Barcelona was forced to turn around because of what the pilot said was a biohazard issue after a passenger had diarrhea on board. (laughs) Flight 194 was over the Atlantic two hours into its journey when the pilot reportedly asked to head back. In audio posted online, he said a passenger had had diarrhea all the way through the airplane.